Chapter 7. Better than hashtag blast. This chapter is based on Luke chapter 6 verses 17 through 26. When I lived in North Carolina, I taught English to migrant workers and I had the privilege of meeting some of the most amazing Christians I've ever known. I would often come home from work and find presents left on my doorstep by grateful students. When I went to their church, I was greeted with sincere hospitality like I've never experienced anywhere else. And I'm a Southerner, y'all. These students deeply impacted me spiritually and opened my eyes to God's heart for people living in poverty. As I try to write about how much they meant to me, it's hard to pick a single story to share. I have never been so blessed as I was by these migrant workers who welcomed me into their lives. When they had parties, we celebrated with joy and infectious laughter for hours and hours. If you came to their birthday parties three hours late, they were just getting started. There might be four families living in a single wide trailer, but they always had an abundance of food which they shared generously. Daniel and Luciana were one couple I worked with. I met them when they were living over a shoe store in one room that was their kitchen, bathroom, and everything else. It had a single stove, a toilet, and a sink. They slept on the floor with no furniture. Both of them worked full-time so they could send money back to Nicaragua to support their family. They were survivors of trauma, lonely, hardworking, and living in poverty, but somehow still full of joy. In my mind, I can still see and hear Luciana telling me, Teacher, I have much sadness in my heart, but much joy as well. God is always with me. As I got to know Luciana, she shared stories with me of being left in charge of her younger siblings while her parents went to work all day. She remembered the hopelessness of trying to care for her sister when she was struggling with an unknown illness. They had no money for doctors or even medicine. I felt a sense of holiness in the moment as Lucy talked about her sister. There was a deep pain and peace in her story. Lucy remembered making her sister broth to sip on, then lying beside her. Sometimes they would giggle and dream about the future. Decades later, Lucy still felt the pain of her sister's death. She looked past me as if she were watching a memory. Teacher, I will always remember her laugh. As a teenager, while Lucy grieved the death of her sister, she was full of doubt and fear. She worried about caring for her other brothers and sisters. What if she couldn't save them either? She was much too young to be taking on so much responsibility. I am sure this trauma is why she was willing to make the extreme sacrifices she made in coming to America. She left everything she knew to make sure her children didn't face the same hopelessness she had known. It was remarkable to me how anyone could have seen all the things Lucy had seen and still have such a positive, joyful spirit about her. In contrast, I'm bitter about so many petty things. I often look at what others have and think life is giving me a raw deal. I have to make lists to remind me to be grateful which is really disgusting because I have so much stuff and so many blessings. But Luciana was grateful. 
She was one of the toughest survivors I have ever met. She had dealt with overwhelming abuse, neglect, hardships, and poverty. While I was teaching Lucy, I was very bitter about how my students were treated. As I learned their stories, I wanted the world to know how wonderful and hardworking so many of my students were. One day, I shared a story with my class about how outraged I was with a local mechanic who took advantage of one of them. My husband had gotten in an argument with a mechanic who yelled at us for bringing him foreign jobs. I was determined to make sure this guy didn't get any jobs. But when I shared this story with my class, Lucy and Daniel burst into laughter. Oh, teacher, that's not unfair. People with guns taking your house is unfair. The whole class had a huge belly laugh over my story. They saw a glimpse into what I thought was abusive, and it highlighted the extreme differences in our worlds. They saw how spoiled and bitter I was, and am, but still loved me. I taught them a little English, and they taught me a lot about real joy. In Luke 6, Jesus was preaching a sermon to a large crowd, and this crowd was a group of disciples, not just the twelve, but many others who wanted to follow Jesus, along with a crowd of others. As Jesus was preaching to all of them, he looked at his followers, drawing their attention to the controversial point he was about to make. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Luke chapter 6, verse 20. The Greek word that Luke used for poor meant more than just, I can't afford a new iPhone poor. It was begging on the streets, going hungry, hopeless, unemployable poor. It was the poor of people like Luciana and Daniel. When Jesus said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God, it was a completely radical statement. It was the literal opposite of what the religious leaders were teaching. The religious leaders were waiting for a day when Israel was collectively good enough to usher in God's kingdom with Israel at the center. They believed poor people were cursed and unclean because of sin, something they had done to break God's law. The priests taught that the poor continued to be cursed because they didn't have the means to follow the oppressive rules which religious leaders had added to the original law. The working poor were trying to survive. They didn't have time to obsess on tons and tons of rules and rituals about what was unclean and clean. In their culture, what Jesus said was shocking. You religious folks think your life of ease is a sign of God's pleasure? You look down on the poor and think they are the problem? Guess what? I'm giving them the kingdom you've been waiting for. But Jesus didn't stop there. He continued in verses 21 through 26. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you, and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich! For you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. 
Jesus said we are blessed when we are hungry, when we weep, and when people hate us for following him. Seriously, all of those things suck. How can those awful hard things be blessings? My spoiled American self wants this to be a mistranslation. I want to say, um, God, someone mixed up the words blessed and woe in every English translation of this story. However, when I reflect on what this passage really means, I can't contain how truly freaking awesome I think it is. Jesus challenged us to change how we see the struggles of people like Luciana and Daniel. I love that Jesus flat out condemned the normal religious criteria for judging and condemning people. Turns out, having a life of ease, wealth, and fame are not signs of God's acceptance at all. On the contrary, people who struggle like my students did may have an insider's advantage when it comes to knowing God. Remember Psalms 34, 18, God is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Somehow, we see God most clearly in our struggles. When our hearts are breaking, God draws near to us. For some reason, suffering is part of this messed up world we live in. Though some have it easier than others, we all suffer in this world. No life is untouched by heartache, death, disappointment, illness, or betrayal. Being part of God's kingdom doesn't free us from suffering. Not being freed from suffering actually feels like awful news at first. I'm not going to lie. I'd like to be free from suffering. Sometimes, when I focus on those who have more than me, I still whine about God not being fair. However, I don't want any part of a religion that says I deserve a life of ease and Lucy deserved to suffer. I love what Jesus taught. Lucy is close to God's heart. God has walked with her in every trial. She knows him in a way I am jealous of because she has heard his whisper so many times. Jesus said there can be amazing blessings in unfairness and suffering. In those moments when you are overwhelmed with heartache, God teaches you vulnerability, compassion, empathy, and belief in something bigger than yourself. Somehow, our struggles connect us with the heart of God. It is in those moments we know most clearly that we were meant for more. Jesus' message frees us from the religious shackles which teach us to try to outperform others to earn God's favor. We don't have to hide our struggles from him. We don't have to pretend we are okay when we are beaten down by life. We are free to experience life. Following Jesus isn't about denying our emotions and being freed from the human condition. Following Jesus means experiencing life to its fullest, which strangely, frustratingly, and amazingly includes being honest about our struggles. The deepest connections we can have with others come from sharing our struggles. We all need other people. You bond with other people when you are brave enough to be broken, dependent, hungry, grieving, real, vulnerable, and poor. Being real about your struggles in this world is also how you learn to live in the freedom Jesus taught. It's how you develop a relationship with God. You don't impress God with how awesome you are at obeying his rules and how much you can buck up when times are hard. He asks you to be real with him. 
Faith doesn't mean guaranteed fixes or just being blissfully okay with things that suck. Jesus said you would be blessed when you weep, mourn, go hungry, or hate it because of him, or have a problem where you are constantly dependent on others. In my life, faith has often looked like yelling at God, arguing with him, and lying on my kitchen floor crying till I couldn't move from exhaustion, telling God it hurt that bad. Then somehow, his presence blessed me even as those parts of my life continued to suck. Faith also looks like what I learned from Daniel and Luciana's example of grieving deeply and still having joy. It looks like picking myself up off the kitchen floor, carrying my heart in a grateful heart, which knows God didn't abandon me in my problems. He is with me and he is with you. He will give you courage to face whatever hurt life brings. You can be part of his kingdom and have your eyes open to the heart around you. You can be filled with hope as you see his tremendous heart for the poor, the hurting, and all of the survivors of this messed up, beautiful world because you are one of them. You can walk through all the pain, fully see it, fully feel it, and still have crazy awesome joy. You really can struggle your entire life while also knowing God's blessings. And that is way better than what most of us mean when we talk about being hashtag blessed. 